As you know, it's important to me that the supplements I recommend and use are of the highest quality. That's why I stock the Protocol for Life Balance product line at my online dispensary, drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. Protocol for Life Balance offers a wide range of professional grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them, these stand out for their support of healthy digestive function. BioCore enhanced enzymes and enzymes HCL. Digestive enzymes are essential to the body's absorption, but the capacity to make enzymes diminishes with age. BioCore enhanced enzymes contains a blend of non-GMO enzymes that will aid in the digestion of most foods, including beans and cruciferous vegetables. Enzymes HCL is a specially balanced blend of nine different enzymes that can break down protein, carbohydrates, fat, and fiber, and may help reduce bloating, indigestion, occasional heartburn, and gas. They're available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's the weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine. we got podcasts throughout the week, but this is our program that goes out across the U.S. and Canada. It is available to you via your radio or via online. you got a mobile device. you got a smart speaker. You can listen to Intelligent Medicine in real time. 877-726-8255, our number. The ground rules has to do with Intelligent Medicine. That means the best of natural therapies, the best of high-tech therapies, if you've got a medical dilemma, if you have a health conundrum, 877-726-8255 is the number to call. Or if you simply have a comment about what's going on on the health front or about something that I said on the program, 877-726-8255, our number this hour and next. Okay, this week we've got lots to talk about, but I'm going to focus on sugar. And these days, I think it is a verity that sugar is bad for you, that we're consuming all too much. And I'm going to take an especially close look at fructose, fruit sugar. We get it from fruit, but we also get it in Trojan horse fashion from our sugar-sweetened beverages. Even juice is often spiked with extra high fructose corn syrup. Candies are, many processed foods are, even ketchup and condiments are. And so we're getting a big dollop of that particular type of sugar. We're going to focus on that in just a few moments. 877-726-8255, our number. And so this week, the headline in Medscape Study offers dozens of reasons to cut sugar. And it's based on a new study just out this week. A new compilation of nearly all research to date on the health impacts of sugar offers dozens of reasons to cut back now. To give you an idea, the daily per capita intake of sugar on average in the U.S. by U.S. adults is 126.4 grams per day of sugar. 
Now, do the math because a teaspoon is about four and a half, five grams. A heaping teaspoon, yeah, five grams of sugar. So if you do the math, 126 divided by five, that means that the average American is consuming about 25 teaspoons of sugar per day. And the recommendation is not to completely cut sugar. The recommendation is to reduce it to about 11 grams per day. That would be a couple of teaspoons per day. Who's doing that? So in this study, researchers from China and the U.S. collaborated, and they rounded up 8,601 scientific studies. They combined them in something called a meta-analysis to evaluate sugar's impact on 83 different health outcomes. Now, this accounts for decades of research on this subject, stretching back to the beginning of the largest electronic databases for scientific papers. So what they found is that the world's most common health problems like heart disease, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, heart attack, high cholesterol, cancer, and depression were associated, very closely associated with sugar intake. Uh, the research looked at studies that evaluated the impacts of consuming free sugars, which means any food that contains processed or naturally occurring sugars, like table sugar, honey, or maple syrup. So it didn't really distinguish. Um, and uh, what they found that they, they actually uh, discriminated between these free sugars, these added sugars, and sugar that's found in whole fruits and vegetables and in milk. Milk contains sugar, but it's in the form of lactose, unless it's sugar-sweetened chocolate milk or something like that. U.S. dietary guidelines recommend, get, recommend getting no more than 10% of daily calories from added sugar. And, and that's still a lot. That's still a lot. For a typical 2,000-calorie-per-day diet, that equals no more than 200 calories or about 12 teaspoons. That's still a lot. Uh, the CDC reports that um, the average person consumes 17 teaspoons per day. Uh, to give you some context, a 12-ounce can of soda contains the equivalent of 9 teaspoons of sugar. So, what did they find? Well, first of all... Uh, Correlation is not necessarily causation because people eat a lot of sugar. They also do a lot of other bad things. They don't exercise. They eat a lot of other bad fast food. Uh, their lifestyles are less, less healthy. And generally, they're less educated and more impoverished. So they may lead hard lives that cause them to be exposed to industrial pollutants. Maybe they live in the bad part of town, more exposed to exhaust fumes, factory fumes, etc., bad water. Um, they found that the dietary pattern of eating a lot of sugar was associated with more frequent smoking and drinking, lower physical activity levels, and more time spent watching television, i.e. sedentary activity. So correlation isn't necessarily causation, but there's a lot of causation and a little bit of correlation. And what they found specifically, and this is kind of scary, uh, yeah, we know weight gain, gout, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, certain cancer types. Uh, all right, what were the cancers? 
Uh, dietary sugar consumption was associated with higher risk for certain cancers, including pancreatic cancer, of course. The pancreas is the place where sugar metabolism begins in the body. It's the place where insulin gets made. And one theory is that the pancreas gets overworked when you're consuming a lot of sugar. You develop what's called insulin resistance. Uh, you overproduce insulin to cope with the high sugar intake to process it. And eventually those cells go haywire and you develop pancreatic cancer. Also breast cancer, prostate cancer, overall cancer death. Uh, bad cardiovascular outcomes, high blood pressure, coronary heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. Uh, other health conditions, 45 others, including depression, dental problems. Yeah, we know. Sugar rots your teeth. And surprisingly, asthma in children. Why not? Because, yeah, sugar may adversely affect the immune system. So this is a call to action to uh, have people reduce uh, their intake of sugar. So the question arises, though. Uh, oh, and by the way, additional study came out this week. Uh, it's entitled uh, Sugary Beverages in Relation to Brain Structure and Incident Dementia. Okay. So sugary beverages, mostly sweetened these days with high fructose corn syrup, which we'll take up in just a moment. How is it different? How is this sugar different from all other sugars? To paraphrase the Passover Seder questions. Well, uh, it turns out that uh, fructose may have especially deleterious effects on the brain. It turns out that higher higher sugar-sweetened beverage uh, intake was associated with a higher risk of dementia. Uh, interestingly, in the study, so too was artificial sweeteners. So sweetener, no-calorie no or low-calorie sweeteners uh, like uh, NutraSweet and Splenda and Saccharin. Uh, these too were associated with higher risk of dementia. Moderate natural juice consumption was associated with a lower risk of dementia. Yeah, there's sugar in natural juice, but if you don't drink too much, it may even have a protective effect. So what's going on? Uh, the question that I'll pose and answer when we return is fructose, the demon spawn. Let's cut through the confusion. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, 877-726-8255. Join the conversation today here on Intelligent Medicine. If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. There you'll find the extensive research behind cocoa flavanols benefits and great recipes too. That's flavanaturals.com. Flavanaturals.com. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax 
and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommended by patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce a new innovation to their Reserve Collection, a gummy. The Reserve Collection is a specifically curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids, rich and bold. The Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort, and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's Reserve Collection of oils, soft gels, and now gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new reserve collection gummies. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. Settle back and listen and hopefully become more informed about a wide range of medical and health topics. 877-726-8255. Our number if you want to get into the mix, you can pose a question, share a comment. We're talking sugar and a very big proportion of the sugar that we consume these days is in the form of fructose, specifically synthetically made high fructose corn syrup. So is fructose really the demon spawn? Should we be avoiding fruit, which after all are a source of fructose? Let's cut through the confusion. You know, there's been a long-term symbiosis, a positive, mutually beneficial interaction between humans and fruit. Ancient fruit provided sustenance to humans not that the fruit cared. Its evolutionary impetus to be sweet and attractive was to entice paleo humans to consume it and then spread its seeds far and wide because the seeds are relatively indigestible and uh, you eat fruit and you may poop out the seeds and yeah, you can then propagate uh, a plant that can't just get up and walk to the other side of the mountain. So in turn, fruit nourished humans, not merely with calories, which was actually very important. You know, calories, very valuable uh, in prehistoric times because humans virtually were always up against it with starvation. Uh, but also fruit provided beneficial polyphenols to humans. And this ensured that the seed dispersers, that is us, would remain healthy and mobile. But paleo fruit was really paltry and seasonal. If you look at the way fruit was, uh, apples were like little nubbly crab apples and there weren't big succulent melons. You know, they were tiny and not that sweet. And same thing with berries. Wild berries tend to be tart. And many of the fruits that we now enjoy are the results of thousands of years of cultivation and hybridization and even genetic modification. So their sugar content's a far cry from uh, that of their ancient predecessors. And we also have refrigeration and transport, which means we can get fruit all the time throughout the year, even in a season when it's cold and there's no fruit around. So from fruits, we get fructose. And that and honey were our main sources of fructose until very recently in my lifetime until the 1960s, I think it was around 1957 that they invented a process by which they could take corn and through a process of refining, 
uh, turn it into something called HFCS, high fructose corn syrup. And this actually coincided with the geopolitical constraint of our estrangement from Cuba. You know, the Cuba went to communism and we couldn't export as much sugar cane. Uh, High fructose sugar, high fructose corn sugar is actually cheaper to make than table sugar, which comes mostly from sugar beets. And here's a factoid. The U.S. is second only to Russia in cultivation of sugar beets, but it's actually cheaper to make high fructose corn syrup uh, through an industrial process. Uh, 95% of sugar beets are GMO, as is corn now. So the way that high fructose corn syrup is made, you take cornstarch, which is composed of a necklace of glucose molecules, and you process it via enzymatic fermentation. And it yields uh, a, uh, a mixture, which is roughly 50-50 fructose and glucose. Now, sucrose actually contains fructose, but sucrose is a disaccharide. It's two sugars linked together. And glucose is a single molecule, and so is fructose. So th there's there's a problem. But first is the quantitative leaf in fructose consumption that the ubiquity of high fructose corn syrup represents. It's just everywhere in everything, and it's cheap, and it's satisfying and enticing. It'll make everything taste better. The second is that unlike table sugar, which is sucrose, two molecules of sugar that need to be broken down, high fructose corn syrup delivers its fructose load more readily because there's no chemical bond joining the glucose and the fructose as in sucrose. And finally, the entirety of U.S. surplus fructose consumption now comes from the addition of high fructose corn syrup to non-traditional, highly palatable, palatable ultra-processed foods. So check out these statistics. Uh, high fructose corn syrup use in the United States began in the late 1960s. It peaked in the late 1990s. It's been fairly steady. Uh, there was a skyrocketing of availability of high fructose corn syrup from 4% to 12% to 36% of total sweeteners across the 10 years from 1975 to 1985, what's like the Carter-Reagan era. And the per capita availability of high fructose corn syrup increased 61%. Uh, the, from 1985 to 1993, high fructose corn syrup increased to 68 grams per day in per capita consumption. Uh, and, you know, I just really love these numbers. But at this point, uh, high fructose corn syrup represents about 50% of the sugar that we now take in. So it just, since 1960, uh, that has been a revolution in our food intake. And guess what's happened since 1960? The rates of obesity, diabetes, coronary artery disease, uh, you name it, uh, even certain cancers has skyrocketed. And a lot of people uh, have called out, this novel sugar, high fructose corn syrup, is the prime di driver of this enormous increase in overweight and obesity in Americans. And so, website for full what's what's the unique problem that's associated with high fructose corn syrup? Uh, we'll take that up in a, in a moment.
Do your current probiotics offer diversity? The primary goal of your probiotics is to help create and maintain a healthy gut microbiome. We often think more is better, but taking high doses of 50 or 100 billion probiotics can work against you. The most important factor is diversity, not quantity. Look for a formula that has multiple strains of probiotic flora expertly fermented to contain postbiotic metabolites, which have been shown to help digestive and immune health, our gut-brain function, and more. The worldwide leader in fermented postbiotic health? Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics, the number one probiotics in the world for direct delivery of postbiotics. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics uses a multi-year fermentation with 12 proven probiotic strains producing over 500 postbiotic metabolites. Certified vegetarian and free of gluten, allergens, and GMOs. So say no to quantity and yes to diversity. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available online and at natural health retailers nationwide. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. And a big article coming up on the subject that we're talking about today. Fructose in our newsletter. Just go to drhoffman.com and subscribe. We got a lot of affiliates, according to the folks at Radio America. Uh, I usually don't look at our affiliates list, but this time I did. I downloaded it, and we've got affiliates in Alaska, Arizona, Connecticut, Georgia, Indiana, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan. I think we have a caller from Michigan uh, we're about to take in just a moment. Uh, Minnesota, Missouri, uh, we've got uh, uh, Tennessee, we've got New Hampshire, we've got New York, Ohio, uh, Wyoming, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've got affiliates across the country, and you can listen via your local radio station, AM or FM. Or you can listen online, as many people do, or catch our podcasts, which are downloadable from usual podcast sources or from our website at drhoffman.com. 877-726-8255, our number, by the way, that number available to you 24-7. So if you can't call during the show, you can record a question. But we've got a live caller, Tori from Long Island. Are you listening online, Tori? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I got disconnected. Um, I am interested in knowing about the CBS pathway and when they don't function properly and you have a sulfur sensitivity. Mm-hmm. What can you do for it? What can okay. you do for yeah. it? What, what Tori's talking about is Tori is talking about uh, nutrigenomics. And it turns out that you can sometimes predict your additional requirements for certain nutrients based on a genetic profile. All you have to do is submit a saliva sample and send it to a lab that analyzes it. And they'll tell you if you have problems with metabolizing certain things. For example, some people have trouble metabolizing folate, so they need to take methylated folate uh, in uh, a prepared form, like a special form of not just old-fashioned folic acid, uh, but sort of a hyped-up, uh, body-ready form of methylated folate. Uh, same thing with B12. Some people have problems with uh, a B12 pathway. Uh, other people have a problem with the transsulfuration pathway, which apparently somebody has pointed out to you, and that is often associated with detoxification. So do uh, you have trouble when you drink wine? Is that uh, are you what they call a cheap date? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And wine is high in sulfates and to handle sulfates, I'm sorry, sulfites, 
uh, require more of certain nutrients. So the nutrients, the key nutrients that make a difference are B6 and a little bit of a, a weird one, molybdenum or molly, not the drug, but the micronutrient molybdenum and to some extent manganese and potentially uh, betaine. Betaine hydrochloride is sometimes helpful. Uh, also, these patients uh, don't do too well in terms of manufacturing glutathione, so we like uh, glutathione uh, as a precursor and acetylcysteine, or you can take glutathione products, and uh, that should help you. Do you, also, do you have chemical sensitivity as well? Uh, no, not not really. Just a lot of allergies to foods and things? Yes, yes. Yes, um, dairy, gluten, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So you could take those additional nutrients and see if you can um, make that. It's, it's a detox pathway, uh, in essence. And there may, the body has many detox pathways. And you can actually assist those de- detox pathways with taking certain nutrients. And depending on the flaw in your metabolism, and this is genetic. This is it's not your fault. Uh, you didn't do anything wrong. You may be born with this uh, transsulfuration pathway weakness so that it your cup runneth over, so to speak, in terms of allergies more easily than other people when hit with an allergic challenge. So right. I think that's the import of that. Have you talked to your doctor about that or naturopath or you know whoever administered the test? Yeah, I just actually discovered it um, and am working to um, find someone who understands it well enough. Um, gastroenterologists don't seem to. No, no, they don't. That is not their forte. They, in fact, yeah. there's a woeful lack of understanding of uh, nutrition, and in particular, nutrigenomics is a new science, and I think there are very few people who really have mastered it. Even in the integrative community, I've noticed sometimes people just say, oh, you know, take a lot of B vitamins. Okay, well, that may work for some people. For other people, it might send them on a jag. You know, they might get uh, hyper-stimulated and blown away right. from the B. So you have to understand your the full picture, not just one, what is called a SNP. SNP is, you know, uh, a code for a certain enzyme in the body and the SNPs interact with one another and you know sometimes one doesn't work well or the other one works too well and you kind of have to look at the whole picture so I think there's some basic suggestions you can follow and you know check back in with us in you know a few weeks or months if you see any improvements we'd love to hear from you 877-726-8255 our number. We've got another call. Nancy from Michigan. Michigan, are you listening via one of our affiliates on the radio? Uh, yes, I uh, yes I am. I'm originally from Connecticut, so I just moved here, so I don't know if I'm on your New York band as well. All right. Lucky you. You got an affiliate where you live. Great. Great. Yep. Uh, question. We we're just talking about B vitamin and um I'm familiar with people being very uh, short on B, but I've had blood work, and my B is extremely high, yeah. and I'm nervous about it, and I have mm-hmm. not retested. Okay. Um, so maybe you can guide me. Okay, so like, so I can enlighten you on that. Uh, first of all, do you take a B complex or B vitamins or even a multi? I take a super B, and then I was, I called her one other time, I had Bear's esophagus, and then I started taking B12 with the folate. 
Right. So I okay. don't know if I've overdosed. I don't know how long. Okay. So here, so here's the deal. So here's the deal. Virtually anyone who takes any kind of B vitamin supplement, unless you have a severe impediment to B12 absorption. Some people have a condition called pernicious anemia. They don't absorb B12 taken from foods or taken even in oral supplements. They need injections, but that's relatively uncommon. So the vast majority of people who take B vitamins uh, and especially B12, they'll have high B12. They, they'll even have high folate. They'll even have high B6. And that alarms a lot of conventional doctors because conventional doctors are taught to look at ranges. So we look at cholesterol and you know, cholesterol's too high. Oh my God, you know, we got to lower the cholesterol. If uh, blood pressure is too high, we got to lower that. Or if uh, liver functions are too high, we got to figure out something bad's happening here. So, uh, but when it comes to B12, that you have to interpret that properly. You are taking B12 and hence your B12 will be high. That's a little bit like saying, oh, my goodness, uh, Jeff Bezos has an excessive income. We have to lower that. Well, maybe some people think he, we, we should lower that, you know, even the playing field. But uh, it's actually an embarrassment of riches when it comes to B12. It's not harmful. B12 uh, is almost impossible to create toxicity with. All right, because I read it was a marker for cancer. And, oh, no, no, no. Uh, no other. No. No, oh, no, oh. no, no. Okay. No. Oh, all right. So I can rest a little easier and cut down yeah. on the B12. <laughs> Just cut down on the B. Yeah. Um, you don't even have to. You don't even have to. I mean, if it's if it's helping you in other ways, I mean, it may be superfluous and maybe a waste of money that you're taking all these, you know, uh, multi and you know, two different sources of bees. Maybe you could cut back, but it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. So I'm glad to help uh, reassure you and. Thank uh, you. Have a nice weekend, and you can <laughs> sleep soundly now and not worry about your excessive B12. And I hope, yeah, I think that resonates for a lot of people. They go to the doctor and they're like, oh, my goodness, your B12's too high. What the heck are you doing? Stop taking those B12 supplements. No, no, that's not the case. All right, 877-726-8255. Our number, we continue on our theme about um, fructose, and in particular, high fructose corn syrup. So, you know, fructose isn't fruit, and fructose isn't high fructose corn syrup, which is added to everything. It's the now the chief sweetener in a lot of sugar-sweetened beverages. So the vast majority have high fructose corn syrup, not good old-fashioned table sugar or sucrose because it's cheaper. So what's the problem with fructose? Well, humans really weren't uh, designed to consume fructose at the levels that we have now subjected ourselves to over just the last 50 or so years. And unlike sugar, our glucose, which is readily used by all the tissues, it goes to the brain, it goes to the muscles, it goes everywhere. Uh, fructose is mainly metabolized by the liver and it hits the liver hard. And as a result, it may be a prime instigator of something called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, the incidence of which is soaring. And a recent review, and I have it here, says the negative and detrimental effects of high fructose on the liver with special reference to metabolic disorders. It says fructose is two to three times more potent than glucose in increasing liver fat. Also, uh, we, through our good colleague and frequent guest on Intelligent Medicine, Dr. David Perlmutter, we've gained insights into how fructose has worked for humans historically. Fructose used to be a way that we could add some calories and help to survive during uh, hard times because it causes insulin resistance. But we, we 
which helps us store fat, which is a good thing, which is a good thing because stored fat in the summer, uh, it's kind of like, you know, bears eating a lot and then hibernating and burning off their fat. Uh, but through uric acid, uh, this is a mechanism that's accomplished and that's actually an evolutionary benefit. But the problem is when we have high intake of fructose year long, we're going to have high uric acid. Uric acid can raise blood pressure. It can cause uh, elevated blood sugar. It certainly is associated with gout and kidney stones. And it's a big problem. And it may, uh, fructose also may have an effect on something called ages, age related uh, glycosylation end products or advanced glycosylation end products, appropriately abbreviated ages, which are associated with aging. They drive organ dysfunction and senescence. So um, the ultimate question is, okay, so avoid processed high fructose corn syrup. It's present in a lot of junk food, so don't eat that. But what about fruit? When it comes to fruit, a lot of people are becoming fruit phobic is it really necessary to avoid fruit, to avoid excess fructose? And I'll have an answer for you in a moment. 877-726-8255 is our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Whoa, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter your body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. We're talking dietary sugars, their deleterious effects, and we're going to focus on fructose. But we have a question that's uh, right down our alley from Diane in Scranton, PA, the home of The Office. Great comedy series. Yeah. How are you doing, Diane? Hi. Fine. Thank you, doctor. I really appreciated Nora's call. Uh, she's one of the only people I ever heard talk about sulfur sensitivities. So yeah, it was a good question. Very, yeah. 
very beneficial. So mm-hmm. my question is related to um, sugar uh, content in grains. I'm not a big like white bread eater, but I like yep. Ezekiel bread and yep. spaghetti. You know. Okay, so I think you have to individualize it because I think uh, uh, carbohydrates in general have been demonized. And for some people, uh, avoidance of carbs is real beneficial, helps them lose weight. And since the majority of Americans now have metabolic syndrome, overweight, hypertension, insulin resistance, uh, that's a pretty good strategy for a lot of people to follow. But it kind of depends uh, some people who have a good metabolism are not genetically prone to insulin resistance, uh, exercise a lot, uh, have the ability to tolerate uh, more carbohydrates. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. You are, just give me your height and weight if you don't mind sharing. Oh, sure. Um, I'm generally around 125. I generally don't get over 130. Like in the wintertime, maybe I'm like 128. Okay, um, and you're and you're yeah. normal height, so that sounds like an, an okay weight, unless you're like four foot eleven. Uh, do you know what your triglycerides are? Because that's a real tell in terms of sugar metabolism. I I don't. I have no idea, really. Okay. Um, okay. So so I, I if you're, I'll, just, I'll tell you. So hold on, hold on. If your triglycerides are high, that is generally a sign that you are more likely to have sugar intolerance. Although we did discover a guy and he's, you know, he's, he had high triglycerides. And, you know, I saw him in the office the other day and like, why in the world do you have high triglycerides? You're on a very, very low carb diet. Well, I discovered he was drinking bulletproof coffee, which had a lot of butter and MCT oil in the morning right. before he went for his blood test. So that put a lot of fat in his blood. But uh, also with you, do you know what your hemoglobin A1C is? That's an average of your blood sugar over time. If you happen to know that number, that's a critical number for people to know. Right. I don't know. Uh, I okay. haven't actually had blood work in a while, but uh, I will check these factors out for sure. Okay, because if you have high triglycerides, high hemoglobin A1C, if you have more belly fat and you know, a bad that body I composition, yeah, okay. So then maybe, just maybe, uh, you're a candidate for a low-carb diet. So uh, you're concerned about the sugar that may be present in grains, uh, well, you look, grains are a source of starch and just a little basic uh, biochemistry is that starches are like necklaces of glucose molecules. So they're depending on how high fiber they are, they're broken down more or less quickly in the body so that, uh, you know, instant oatmeal uh, has a more rapid breakdown of the glucose in it than, say, steel cut oats. Uh, but they all do release glucose or sugar into your system. And if you want a quick and easy way to lose weight, you go real low on your carbs, even go keto diet, ketogenic, which means, you know, we're just going to have uh, green leafy vegetables, uh, minimal fruit, grains, uh, and mostly animal protein. Yeah, that's a way to actually shed a lot of pounds if you are insulin resistant. So yes, indeed, uh, you're right. So, uh, do you consume a lot of uh, bread, pasta, whole grains? You know, they're generally thought to be good for you because they do have fiber and beneficial nutrients. But for some people, you got to draw the line. Right. I'm, I, I'm not like totally reliant. I usually eat like uh, a bread a day. You know, in the morning, I'll have a Ezekiel type of sandwich. I'm a big nut eater, for example. 
Uh, I'll use, I'll eat a meat and a vegetable at nighttime. I do some brown rice sometimes. So I, I'm not real heavy, but so what? Uh, what I, I think what you need, what you need, you know, since you don't have your blood tests, you you could use a nutritional assessment. You could get. A, a basic series of blood tests, not expensive, then be seen by a professional nutritionist, somebody who's medically knowledgeable, uh, a medical uh, doctor who is well-versed in nutrition or a certified nutrition specialist, uh, and get a, get a workup, get an opinion on you know where your diet should be headed, what your eventual risks are. I mean, this is what I do for a living. You know, in the office, we yeah, do assessments yeah. on people like you, and it may just be that you're doing fine, you know, Keep on keeping on, uh, that there's yeah. no problem because we demonize carbohydrates. We say, oh my goodness, this is a carb. You know, it's like, well, like different, stro cow. right? Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. The poor cow, you know, a lot of people are, are avoiding milk because they think it's toxic poison. Uh, when it comes to, um, carbohydrates, um, We'll talk about that uh, in the second hour because the big question is, well, if high fructose corn syrup is bad for you, what about fruit? Should we all be minimizing fruit? A lot of people are because they're very concerned about the carbohydrates and especially the fructose, which for some people is the demon spawn that's present in fresh fruit. Should we all be avoiding it? That question will take up. When we return, 877-726-8255, our number, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. <laughs> 